This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Hello, this is Matt. Kose. Mark. Ian. James. Mel. Zach. This is David. This is PSG Talking. Le seul podcast sur le PSG en anglais. Hello listeners and welcome back to another episode of PSG Talking. I am your host Ed and today I'm joined by a very special guest to talk all things Borussia Dortmund. Stefan Butzko is a uh, the host of the Yellow Wall podcast and he's graciously agreed to join me for a few minutes this morning to talk about the big Champions League tie between PSG and Borussia Dortmund. Stefan, how are things on your end? Uh, pretty well. I'm uh, sorry to everyone watching this on YouTube that I'm uh, not visible, but I'm sitting in a dark corner right now. I have just strolled out of bed because it's 10 a.m. on a Saturday morning and Dortmund have played on a Friday night and uh, once pretty, pretty spectacularly, yeah. which is why I uh, could sleep in. Absolutely. Yeah, big win over Frankfurt. I was definitely keeping an eye on that match. You guys looked really good. Um, so this episode is being recorded prior to PSG's game against Amiens on Saturday. So if there's some kind of catastrophic injury to somebody important, you won't hear about it on this podcast. But make sure you check out the site. I'm sure we'll have it covered. Uh, Stefan, I know we only have a short time with you today, so I want to jump right into the topics that we have. And the first one's pretty easy. I want to open it up to you and just ask, what is your confidence level heading into the tie? Uh, and overall, what is the mood of the fan base, uh, the Dortmund fan base right now? Well, the confidence level is actually not that high, even though Dortmund just won 4-0. It's just down to the fact that um, Dortmund do have severe defensive problems. And uh, I think a lot of people think maybe they can win the home leg because Dortmund tend to do well in their own stadium. They kept Barcelona to a scoreless draw and pretty much dominated them in the, in the group stages and uh, have, a, have a long history of pretty good games at the Westfalen however, um, this team just can't defend really. If you if you put a pressure on them and b if you come up against skillful opposition, it's just always a cluster with a lot of individual errors. So um, yeah, I, I think the confidence level is um, we need a miracle to avoid a lot of uh, individual errors because usually before anything, Dortmund shoot themselves in the foot. Um, individually, they have a lot of talent. You know, if you go through the through the lineup sheet or so, you'd say, okay, this is a good defense, this is a good midfield. But uh, on on the pitch, then uh, you are not uh, getting a team that uh, yeah defends cohesively. All that being said, um, yesterday against Eintracht Frankfurt, I think for the first time this season, Dortmund really had a, a cohesive defensive unit. Um, that was maybe helped by the introduction of Emre Can, who uh, yeah, joined from he, Juventus. He definitely stood out to me. He made a couple of really great tackles. I'm I'm kind of worried about him, to be honest with you. Yeah. So um, that's that's the, uh, the so the confidence level isn't too high. But um, if you listen to the players last night, they all said. I think uh, Roman Burki, the goalkeeper, said, "Well, we don't have to." make them bigger than they are we don't have to talk them up we are uh, a big team as well and uh, I think uh, Mats Hummels the uh, center back 
and, and World Champion said also something similar along the lines that basically PSG know what's going to expect them at the Westfalenstadion. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the first game, but I feel like Dortmund are going to get trounced on the road because it's pretty much the MO all season that they are uh, like a superpower at home and, you know, on the road, it's a completely different team. Yeah, just looking at your guys' form, the last four matches, you've won two, dropped the other two, uh, and scored nine goals but conceded seven. So to your point, yeah. you guys can score but leak a lot of goals at the back. So that's something PSG will be looking to take advantage of. Uh, what is your best formation um, and starting 11 that Dortmund will play on Tuesday against PSG? Uh, and How do they intend to slow down Neymar and Mbappe? Well, these are all good questions, and uh, I have to... Uh, <laughs> Give a little transparency here. You sent me these questions uh, already last night, so I, I did, could yeah. think about it. And uh, basically, I looked at it and I was like, yeah, no idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, honestly, the uh, problem is for Dortmund, is they don't really know yet, or maybe they do, but I don't know if uh, Julian Brandt is going to be fit. He is sort of the uh, number eight in Dortmund's midfield and an absolute key player. That all being said, um, with Emre Can, now, Lucien Favre, the coach, will have to um, find a way to integrate him uh, maybe a little bit further up front because I think he wants to keep the double pivot of, of Witzel and uh, Jan. Mm -hmm. um, so far, Dortmund's best formation has been um, a three at the back with Hummels in the center and Zagadou on the left and then usually Manuel Akanji on the right. But uh, last night it was Lukas Piszczek because Manuel Akanji had so many individual errors that uh, it was time to bench him on the fullback positions then usually play on the left Rafael Guerrero um, who obviously won the uh, Euros with Portugal not too long ago and on the right side you have uh, Real Madrid Lorni Achraf Hakimi who is uh, a force of nature going forward but uh, you know his backtracking is not too great and uh, up front I think everyone has seen the headlines around Arling Haaland, who uh, joined from RB Salzburg and uh, is is the striker and also the only striker Dortmund have. And then, uh, yeah, I He's think got Jay eight goals in the Bundesliga so far. Yeah, it's it's just crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, on, on our show we were discussing whether um, he could come up with a twenty goal season in just a half year. He will, uh, you know, have. So we'll see, but he's he's on a, on a good track so far, and then obviously Dortmund's best player right now, without a doubt, is Jaden Sancho, mm -hmm. who is just uh, churning out goals and assists left, right, and center. Uh, I think he is uh, leading in the top five leagues. He's the only player who has uh, 13 goals and 13 assists right now, so um, he's very consistent, and uh, usually, like his his uh, trademark is that he gets one goal and one assist per game right now so it's 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 crazy that's an impressive record and you talk about your defense but i'm a little bit worried our our fullbacks are not as swift as sancho and some of your attacking players so i'm kind of worried about their ability to keep up with them um so definitely it'll be a wide open match that's for sure it's, it's going to be a shootout that's what i'm i'm looking forward to but we never know because in the champions league uh teams tend to get a little bit more mature and uh then yeah It'll the, be, the little details will, will decide the game rather than, you know, a 4-4. But you never know. You never know. And you did mention Brandt and Royce who are both out. Are, the, are those the only two injuries that you think 
Well, well be, Royce is definitely out. Yeah. Brent might be actually re- back um, when, when Dortmund announced the injury. They said he's definitely out against Frankfurt, but he might make it against PSG. Oh. So, you know, since I, I worked for ESPN as the Dortmund beat writer for a long time, and um, the problem with Borussia Dortmund is they're not very transparent and they often just lie about injuries. And so it just might be that he's out for four weeks and we just don't know yet. <laughs> so... Um, it's, it's kind of like with Neymar. He apparently has a rib injury, but he's able to party and travel to Germany for fashion shows and train. Uh, but yeah, he's got a, a rib injury that's kept him out for the last four matches. Right. Is is he in the squad today? Uh, no, he was. Uh, he's left out. He's in Paris recovering, so he will not play today. Okay. So if he does play against Dortmund, it'll be more than two weeks since he's seen any action, which kind of is a little bit worrying, but... He's a professional. He's world class. Hopefully, he can step right in. But you never know. Well, who 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 knows about Neymar? I mean, I was a big fan of his when he was still playing for FC Santos because uh, back then uh, I had enough time on my hands to watch uh, the uh, Brazilian mm-hmm. <laughs> league, and Santos was somewhat, sort of my team. So uh, I was already watching him when he was like I don't know, sixteen, seventeen. It's just crazy um, how 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 good this kid is, and uh, yeah. And he, he's he had a, a great a great season after the whole Barcelona transfer saga. I mean, he's really been professional and just been world-class. He's been amazing this season for us, so hopefully he'll be able to return. But I want to ask you, kind of along those lines, PSG signing Neymar, Dortmund has a completely different philosophy when it comes to how they conduct business. And I want to know, from a Dortmund point of view, is there extra motivation to be able to knock out a team like PSG, who spends a lot of money, and also with Tuchel as their manager, defeating, you know, he used to be a Dortmund and the way he kind of left unceremoniously. Is there extra extra motivation to beat PSG, especially from the fans? Uh, for the fans, there certainly would be because um, this sort of spending model. <laughs> well, you see that with model. Leipzig. Yeah, there's like a yeah. big backlash against them. Exactly. Um, you could you can also see the same with TSG uh, Hoffenheim, uh, who also have a have a billionaire backing them. Um, yes, Dortmund fans really um, hate it. Um, they think that's completely against the uh, grain of football culture. But um, traditionally, Dortmund do not so great against teams that Dortmund fans especially hate. So. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't think for the players it's extra motivation. Um, when it comes to Thomas Tuchel, um, the 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 problem is that most of the team isn't there anymore. Um, so since since the bus attack, a lot of players actually did leave mm-hmm. since then. So it's it's a different team. Yes, there's still a couple of players sticking around, like Roman Burki and uh, Pischek, and I, I guess uh, Mats Hummels left during the Tuchel era. Um, and now he's back. But uh, yeah, now it's now it's back, and, and Mario Götz is still there. But I don't think there's a lot of bad blood. So um, yeah. What about I, from I, the fans? I mean, did they like Tuchel when he was there? Did they like his um, tactics? Yes. They, um, he was a fan well, favorite yes, while he was there. Y- yes and no, because okay. um, you don't you don't want to be the guy after the guy, and the guy before Tuchel was obviously Jürgen Klopp. Mm-hmm. So um, that's never going to be easy to succeed a Jürgen Klopp. Um, I would say fans were pretty split on him. On on the one side, um, you know, he integrated the possession football at Dortmund, um, which uh, Klopp did not in, in that fashion. 
and that means Dortmund's just game slowed down. And a lot of people were a bit angry because they they liked the uh, the, the fast pace fast pace transition football, and now we uh, uh, play a little bit differently and with patience, and uh, that wasn't appreciated all around. And then obviously there was a big fallout between Tuchel and uh, the front office. So um, yeah, the fan base was sort of split on that. Um, the last game of Thomas Tuchel was actually a cup final win for Dortmund, mm-hmm. and. Um, after the game, the fans chanted his name, but um, it was really split. Like, there were people in the Tuchel camp, and then there were people in the quote-unquote front office camp. So, um, yeah, it's it's been very difficult, and uh, I think overall Dortmund uh, fans appreciate the quality of the coach. They know that he's one of the best coaches out there, uh, but at the same time, uh, if you ask Dortmund fans if they want him back on the sidelines, most would probably say no just because of the history between him and Dortmund. Very interesting. It's kind of the similar at PSG. A lot of the fans are, are kind of split on him. And we've seen his when he takes off Mbappe and then he like publicly like puts his hands on him and tries to stop him and explain he kind of like exacerbates that whole situation so a lot of fans are kind of split and we don't really know what Mbappe thinks of Tuchel given the the couple of little altercations they've had on the sidelines so kind of the same way but it's interesting if if, you know if Dortmund does advance and Tuchel will likely be sacked because that'll be two two years in a row where he's crashed out in the round of 16 there's rumors that he could go to potentially Bayern Munich so maybe you'll see him in the Bundesliga next season you never know. While we're taking a quick water break, we wanted to share a great podcast with you from the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Going Deep is a Raiders podcast that is determined to chronicle the Raiders' return to greatness, ideally under the watch of Coach John Gruden. He turned the franchise around once before and has a firm grasp of the Raiders' mystique created by the late owner of the team, Al Davis. That mystique is dormant due to years of losing, but Gruden's passion lies in bringing it back to life. Join your host, Yours truly, Luke Straub. I write for the Raiders Wire of the USA Today Sports Media Group and my Raiders bro in arms, Raider Larry Marbley, who is a huge part of the Raider Nation online community as we chronicle the Raiders' return to greatness after every game and midweek as well with special guest appearances. The Raiders will hoist the Super Bowl trophy once again, so keep it locked to going deep. You're not going to want to miss it. You mentioned a little bit about Neymar and Mbappe. I don't, are those the two players that scare you the most, or is yeah, there something obviously, else? Obviously, yeah. Well, um, what also scares me is obviously Thomas Tuchel, um, mm-hmm. because we all know what a good in-game coach he is, and Lucien Favre isn't necessarily. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I'm pretty sure that Thomas Tuchel will have a game plan that will be absolutely devastating to Dortmund. Um, but uh, yeah, the biggest problem Dortmund really have is defense against speed. Um, because Mats Hummels is he's a very good defender, but he's not the the quickest anymore. And uh, Dan Axel Zagadou, um, former he, PSG he can, man, yes, former PSG man. <laughs> and thanks for letting him go for I think zero. Uh, <laughs> I don't think we had any uh, choice. He was a reserve player, if I'm not mistaken. And I think yes. there were recent quotes that came out where he said that PSG executives were kind of telling players a lot of the same thing and say, oh yeah, you'll get a chance and. So, I don't know, it seemed like the relationship was very good there. So, I think he was always going to leave and obviously landed in a good spot in Dortmund. Yeah, I mean, he is uh, he is one for the future, definitely. Um, yesterday, he had a very good game, mm-hmm. but uh, he has this errors here and there. Sometimes uh, uh, he doesn't anticipate a, a pass or so. Uh, it's, you know, 
obviously he's still young and he still has to learn so you never know what you get and especially against players that that really can dribble and explode uh, within two or three yards it's difficult um because he's such a tall guy he will always uh, need a little bit time to turn and to accelerate um the the only real exception in that regard is uh, arling holland who really has a pace a bit similar to Aubameyang or mbappe uh, which it's just crazy for for a guy that's that's so tall as him. So um, yeah, I think PSG defenders will have a problem with that. But yeah, it's it's going to be difficult for Dortmund to to stop the uh, sheer pace that an Mbappe has. Really, I I think Dortmund will greatly suffer. You know, there, there's been some talk that perhaps PSG, and when I say some talk, I mean mostly amongst the PSG talk contributors that. <laughs> that perhaps a way to slow down Dortmund would just be to we're pack. creating our own narrative <laughs> exactly <laughs> would be to pack the midfield because we we have some injury concerns and we can talk about it later but we we have some injury concerns on the defense um and you know Thiago Silva's 35 years old and you guys have such fast attacking players would it make sense to play three at the back maybe four midfielders because i mean we've got some really talented players there with paredes idrisa gay variety um you know that's one way we may try to counterbalance what you guys are going to do i don't know if tuchel is going to be that bold we've been playing a lot of uh four two two um so it's (laughs) I don't know if you want to be that open and, and open yourself up to Dortmund's counter. Like like we've already talked about, it's going to be wide open, but I don't know. I don't, Especially on the road where PSG has shown that if they go down a goal early or maybe even two, that they just completely – we saw it against like Nantes earlier this season where they can just completely fall flat and get scared and the crowd gets against them. And you could put – three, four goals against this team, you know, if, if the mood is right and, and they just start capitulating. So I wonder if Tuchel's going to have that in mind and think, let me just play defensive, sit players back, pack the midfield, and just play a possession-type game. That's something we think could happen. Yeah, I mean, it, it should, because if, if they, uh, the, the biggest plan against Dortmund is really to play around their pressing and then uh, switch off play, that's usually how you get them. Um, so... Especially because Dortmund usually play a very wide defense, so there is usually space behind their fullbacks, and uh, you know if if you can get in, into the half spaces and then run at the back line, that's uh, usually already game over. So um, yeah, it's, it's Mbappe is I the ultimate um, counter uh, attack play, player. Yes. You just kick the ball. If there's any space, like you said, behind a fullback, just kick the ball into space, and he can outrun most Olympic sprinters probably. Um, so he might be the secret weapon there. Um, is there anything? Well, not, not so secret weapon, but yeah. <laughs> not so secret weapon, right. But is there anything that you think that could be a surprise on Dortmund's side to kind of s- slow down PSG's attack? Do you think maybe adding another defender, five at the no, back? Not, no, not, not, not really, because okay. I, at, at this level, at this stage, there are not really any surprises anymore, to be honest. Uh, both teams know each other. They all have watched all the video footage at this point. And uh, Lucien Favre is also not the kind of coach that uh, makes big changes. Maybe they revert to a back four for some reason, unbeknownst to me right now. But um, as of now, I, I wouldn't anticipate any surprises because um, Dortmund have struggled a long time this season to find a system that works for them where they have a have a good balance right now um they are 
I, I would say defensively they are sound if they wanted to be. So the the bigger problem for them really has to has been their their motivation to defend as a whole unit. But when they do, it usually works out. So that means we have really peak performance like the ones against Barcelona or uh, the the 3-2 win against Inter, even though um, Inter scored two goals. Um, Dortmund otherwise had a, had a pretty good defensive game. So uh, on, on their day, if they really want to, mm-hmm. they, they can defend well. And I will assume when they hear the Champions League music, that's... Uh, that, that should get them all focused on and in line. And um, I think uh, maybe maybe it's a blessing in disguise that they a crash out of the German Cup, which in Germany actually has has a big standing. So going out of the cup is is pretty bad, especially against uh, Werder Bremen team that's sixteenth uh, in the Bundesliga right now and uh, really not doing well. And then of course they lost against Bayer Leverkusen um, on the road after having a three-two lead and then losing it within the space of 80 seconds because they, they got too passive. Um, so this, this I think, was a wake-up call. Um, I don't think I've said it yet, but Dortmund didn't only win for nothing yesterday against Eintracht Frankfurt, who themselves have beaten RB Leipzig twice in the Cup and in the Bundesliga within, I think, the last two weeks or so. Um, so they can attack too, but uh, Frankfurt did not have a single shot on goal over 90 minutes and they only had five touches in the box. So um, that to me was one of the most impressive defensive performances I've seen in quite a while. So, yeah. They can get it's, it done. <laughs> yeah, they can. And it's it's for fans, it's really frustrating because on, on one weekend they concede four goals and you see sloppy defending and individual errors. And then the next week uh, you see that kind of performance. So you really never know what to make of this team. And, and which face will show up, basically. And it's hard to prepare against a team like that, you know, on PSG's side. It's like, what what team are you really going to see? But you're Well, right. you always prepare for the, for the best team and hope for the worst. <laughs> yeah, and you're right. When you hear that Champions League anthem, it seems like players just elevate their level. So I expect Dortmund to play lights out on defense, of course. And, hey, maybe we'll get a nil-nil draw. You never know. <laughs> uh, so... To that point, I'm not predicting a nil-nil draw, but uh, give me a prediction for Tuesday, a score, um, and then goal scores or anything else that you think might happen. I know this is always tricky, but I'd like to get you uh, on record. I'm predicting a 3-3 okay. draw at the Westfalen Stadion. Oh, that's going to be exciting. Yeah, it, it probably is. Um, and uh, I don't know, maybe one of the PG players will get sent off. Probably Verratti. He has a, a knack for getting a couple yellow cards or maybe a straight red with his feistiness. I could see that. Um, yeah, we have VAR now in the Champions League, so this could actually happen. You know, in PSG, something with VAR, you know, when the Barcelona debacle happened, VAR probably would have advanced PSG through. And then they bring in VAR, and then against Manchester United, Kimpembe gets the handball, and then we're out. So I yeah, kind of have a love hate really, relationship. That wasn't really a handball, right? No. Was it? I, I I thought it was a really bad call from VAR. Maybe then. to the letter of the law, maybe. But at that point, I don't know. It's kind of like in basketball. Do you call the foul at the end of the game where the player goes to the... Yeah, but in, in basketball, it's the roll of dice whether something is a foul or not, to be exactly. honest. Exactly, yeah. So... You know, no sixes. <laughs> as as a PSG fan, we're just kind of like watching the Champions League through our hands, like 
you know, what's going to happen because you know the inevitable is going to come. We're going to get screwed somehow, um, but we'll see. But, hey, this is the year that Manchester City is getting screwed. They're out of the Champions League at least for the last, for the next two seasons. So and PSG Yeah, don't offense will probably be sad that uh, f- football leagues didn't produce in, enough goods on, on PSG to get them banned as well. <laughs> Otherwise, th- this might have been a default uh, victory. Who knows? I don't know if you can see, but I've got my Jordan uh, PSG shirt on, and I, I joked on Twitter that fans, PSG fans have bought enough Jordan gear to keep the club afloat for at least three seasons, <laughs> so we've injected enough cash. Um, I know we had you for about 20 minutes. We're a little bit over, so that's all the questions that I have. Um, really appreciate you taking the time. I think our uh, listeners will really enjoy hearing your perspective on Dortmund. Um, the butterflies are starting. We're, we're getting nervous about the game, and it'll be here before we know it. But first, we have to get through Amion safely (laughs) hopefully no injury so we'll keep an eye on that and uh thank you again stefan and again you are the host of the yellow wall podcast you want to tell us a little bit about that real quick before we sign off yeah sure i mean it's a it's a bursted on one dedicated english language podcast and we will have our own little analysis um before that game so um if you want to hear more from the dortmund perspective and not just me ramble but uh, (laughs) actually uh, capable panelists then uh Please check it out on uh, theyellowwall.net or uh, in your podcatcher, just type in yellowwallpod and you will find it. That's perfect. Yeah, we definitely want to get Dortmund's perspective on everything that happens. So thank you again. And uh, maybe we'll do this again heading into the second leg. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Take care. Depending on the results. If (laughs) if it's too bad, then I I will just uh, be ghosting everyone. Yeah, I wouldn't blame you there. All right. Thank you again, Stefan. Really appreciate it. We'll catch you next time.